Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fuchsum. Right up front, Yager, finish side of the net. Score! The doctor is now in. Glad to have you with us here. It is a Wednesday. Wild Wednesday. Call it what you want. Hump day, work day, nice day. Depends on where you're at. It's, it's pretty nice all over the country right now. I got a call from Green Bay, Wisconsin earlier today. Actually, our good friend Chris Bosio, who was Weather- making his way from Chicago to Green Bay and uh, got stuck in a little traffic, but not outside of Chicago, like in Fond du Lac. You don't even know where that is. Fond du Lac. It's like four hours north of Chicago, something mm-hmm. like that. Well, Green Bay is only three and a half hours. Okay, so no, but... Two and a half hours. Yeah. Sorry that I'm not 100% sure on how much time it takes anymore. But it's a beautiful day in Las Vegas. It's a beautiful day. Are we getting to that point now where I got to start deciding shorts versus sweats? Yeah. I, th- I think it's coming there. It's, it's there. Because I, I did. You know, so my routine in the morning, not that anybody really cares. Here we go. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. Hold on. Oh. I can't, I can't give you my entire routine, you know, on exactly how it starts and, and that sort of thing. But I usually, you know, get up, shower, always bathe, just so you know, always. Unlike some people in this studio, always bathe. <laughs> Master of the half hour shower, by the way. That's me. Oh, yes. Is this you in the shower? Oh, prior. Prior. But I always look at the weather so I know how to dress. And so today I looked at it. Was it just me or was it like really dark? Well, what do you know? You're probably not even up till like 10, 10 a.m. I was up at like 7.30. Okay. But was it like dark, like at 6.30 or something? And then all of a sudden, so I go, oh, man, are we you know, overcast? Are we cloudy today? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, the sun was out. And so, yeah. So I look and I see like 65 degrees. And I go, man, hmm. Is that shorts or is that sweats weather or pants? But, you know, I'm a, I'm a shorts or sweats guy yeah. if I don't have appointments, but which today I did. So I'm still in the shorts mode, still in the shorts mode. But from what I hear that we're going to be getting some little colder weather. I heard these people. Still a little chilly. Well, here's the thing. I heard some people talking on the news and some of the people, oh, we're in for a cold front. We're in for a massive cold front. I don't know so, what a cold front well, is. Well, yeah. Anymore. So when I was looking at the weather today, I said, oh, okay, well, well it's going to be 82 today. So what is this massive cold front that we have for the weekend? Okay. So Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. There 76, go. 68. I, it's going to be 68 on Sunday night or Sunday morning I see, or Sunday during the day. The high, the high on Saturday is 72. Yeah. Right? So we start going down to 75, 74, 72, 66, 67, 69, 70. And then we're back up to 73. Uh, a week from today. So, so Saturday and Sunday. What kind of cold front is Saturday that? Saturday and Sunday, wear your pants, and yeah. then well, the rest of the time. But I, I heard a meteorologist, a meteorologist on the news last night talking about this cold front coming in. What cold front? It's that sixty-eight or sixty. <laughs> it's that. That's the cold front. Because I'm at, realize we're when coming you're in from, Chicago at the end of October or November. What? And and you hear sixty eight. What do you think? Heavenly. There it is. It's heavenly. Exactly. So anyway, that's what Basio was telling me when he was driving. Oh, it's so beautiful here. Great. Anyway, all right. So we're not here to talk about the weather. All right. You sure? I don't want to talk about TC Martin's two hour weather fest. No, no. I, I I always wanted to be a meteorologist. I told you. I got a northwesterly wind. Yeah, I'm starting to point to the green screen. Now. I love that a northwesterly wind coming at five to ten miles per hour. Hey, we're gonna hide today of eighty eight and a low of sixty four tonight. Yes, bundle up, kitties, as you get ready to go to school, because you never know who's gonna come get you Halloween. I don't know why I threw that in. I I was trying to figure out where I'm, you were going I'm with not that. Halloween. It got me humping now. Come on, Charlie Wilson. Sing it to me, homie. That was your cue to bring it up. 
See, I was trying to turn it up on my end because yeah. I can't hear anything. Well, it's not important. We're such the listeners end is more important. Hey, Tim Brando would be very disappointed because I I hit the post. You did hit the post. I'll, you didn't hit the <laughs> hit the volume. Right. Ah. Today's show. Bob Nightingale will join us live from Arlington, Texas. Can you believe that? The Texas Rangers, the number what? Six seed? Five seed? What the heck? Hosting games one and two of the playoffs against the six seeded Arizona Diamondbacks, the 84 win regular season Diamondbacks. So Bob Nightingale will join us from Arlington. By the way, he is staying in Arlington and not Dallas, which is always a big thing with me when I go there. It's like, okay, where are we going to stay? Dallas or Arlington? We're going to stay close to the ballpark, close to the stadium, close to the arena, whatever. Arlington. Some decent food choices in Arlington. Some. Wasn't Arizona the last one to clinch as well? Yes. And remember who they got swept by in the final weekend of the regular season? Dusty Baker's Houston Astros, baby. That's right. That's right. And, and what did the Rangers do? They, they, they got beat down by Seattle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So we'll talk to Bob Nightingale regarding the two long shots that are in this World Series. After last night's victory by the Diamondbacks, they got the job done over the Philadelphia Phillies last night. Came back from a 2-0 deficit, a 3-2 deficit to beat the Phillies. And how about that stadium last night? I don't know if you were watching that or not, but did you see the fans? They were standing the entire game. Yeah. Now, we would have a problem if I was at that ballpark and these ham and eggers are standing the entire game in front of me. Because you're the only one. They would one. not be standing. You're the only one sitting. Not not the only one. There are other people that sit You know what I'm saying. But yeah. But I'm watching this you know, from the, the center field camera angle. So the people behind home plate. So the people in rows one and two are sitting. And then, like, guys in three, four, five, six rows, they're all standing. What do you need to stand for if the people below you are sitting down? I am serious. What is wrong with people? Why do you? And I've gotten this argument, as you know, I've talked about it on the show. Now I'm getting fired up again. I don't care what sport it is. You don't need to stand up to watch a game. Do you actually think, do you actually think that it's going to enhance the team's performance by you standing? Is it going to enhance? Your viewpoint, if people below you are sitting, no two ham and eggers out there. If the person or people below you are sitting, you sit. The only time you need to raise up is if everyone in front of you is standing. Then it's acceptable. But these idiots, these jackoffs, these jamokes, these jabronis that want to stand, they irritate the heck out of me. And remember what I had to go through in the NBA playoffs last year because they had the media section there on the concourse and these moronic drunks were standing up and we're going, this, this, you're in front of a working media section. I paid a lot of money for this seat. Yeah. You paid as much for your beers as well, too. You don't need to stand up at games. Nobody needs to stand up at a game. I get it. Touchdown scored, game-winning bucket scored, buzzer beater, you know, whatever. Okay, I get into the quarter. I'm cool with that. High five, this and that. But sit your ass back down. Sit back down. This is my jam. Where'd you come up with this You don't even know what this is. It almost sounds like bus stop. No. The Fatback Band, bus stop, which... No. But I like it, though. Anyway... I typed in rel- relaxing funk music, <laughs> trying to trying to chill you out a little bit. At least we don't have we don't need to save oh, a voice. But look where you got me going. Now. I know you got me bobbing my head now. You had my massage music going today. I had some great smooth jazz from the lovely Adrian today. She's got the best jams for the massages. Yes. No, no, Nubchuck, she's not at one of your establishments. She's you not. sure about that? I know that for a fact. This is medical massage therapy. Yes, it's time for the TC massage. Feeling good. Oh, the shoulders and the back. The lower back. Watch the buttocks area there. The wrist is still a little tender. Thank you very much. Why am I getting these looks from Michelle and people through the window right now? 
There's nothing I, going I, on here. I just want to know why she is massaging your buttocks yeah. when it's your wrist. <laughs> because you have to get the complete experience. The complete massage experience, my friend. Don't you know that? Oh, what do you know? All you know is happy endings. That's all you know. <laughs> all right, enough of that. All right, go okay. back to the phone. All right, so where are we going? So Bob Nightingale's joining us. We're talking World Series. Great guest lineup on the way today. Sam Gordon, Sam the man, or as B-Sal likes to call, Sammy the bull. Why Sammy the bull? I don't know. Let's ask him that today, okay? Let's ask, yeah. Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, he was part of the parade coverage uh, with the Aces, so we'll get his thoughts on that. NBA opening night. Sammy loves the NBA, so we'll get to that as well, too. And, of course, Trevor Mass joins us as we've got plenty of college football and some NFL to talk about. So we've got the whole gamut for you to talk about. So I forgot to get to this yesterday. Okay. But I want to thank you for the shirt that you got me. The uh, Aces back-to-back shirt. The Aces back-to-back shirt. Okay. There's a story behind that shirt. Okay. Is there? Yeah. Do we need story time music? uh, If you want. Now, I will say this. Okay. So let's back up the story. Now, you were with me when I got bombarded with texts. Yeah. Okay, especially from other media members that wanted me to get them championship shirts. Peace out. Peace out. That's one, one of the many. Okay, note to everyone else, okay? I, I, I love all my brothers, whether they're media brothers, listeners, sisters, whatever it is, all good. This is story time music. I'm I'm in a funky mood today. Let's I, do this. I, I like it. I'm glad you're in a funky mood. Good. All right, but uh this just in. I am not the I'm not in charge of the t-shirt department. I'm not in charge of of, of that. I, I don't have carte blanche to just go to the Aces facility and say, hey, I need about 46 t-shirts. I would love, I would love to give everyone a t-shirt, but I'm not in charge of that. Okay? Not in charge of that. Let's get Nikki on that and let's have her get you in charge of that. No. <laughs> If I was in charge of that, they'd go broke because I, exactly. I, I got a lot of peeps that want. I know, and, and, and I love, and I love doing that for people. I love, you know, giving it. If I if I could, I would. So, there you go. Um, so, in the parade, uh, I get to pass out celebration stuff. You know, yeah, paraphernalia, whatever you want to call it, memorabilia, whatever, T-shirts. What are, you, what are you doing? You said paraphernalia. Yeah, but why are you doing this like smoke dope thing? Or is that, was that, is that, like, is that supposed to be a bowl? Is that paraphernalia? Paraphernalia. That's not when I pass it out. So I'm pass, So I'm throwing to the crowd t-shirts, uh, the beads, which I really fully understand. Is that Mardi Gras thing? Again? I don't understand. I, the I, I was doing. I saw them and I was. Just I was doing tons of beads last year as well too. And here's the problem: if you don't take time and, and separate the beads, I was like throwing like ten at a time because I don't have time to do all yeah. to do all that. So. You know, I'm hitting people in the face and the head with that, so sorry about that. And Who? then got some of uh, these popper things. I guess like they're confetti poppers. Oh, the confetti poppers that you pop them. In. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, to me, it looked like a big Tootsie Pop. You know what I'm of saying? Of course you think yeah. Tootsie. So here's what I found out what it was. So I, I did a couple hook shots, you know, behind the backs like I was doing last year, you know, with T-shirts and all that. And I did that, and then I ended up short, you know. Like, like, and one like, landed like, on stop the Stop short! You know, like yeah, like uh, George's dad did, I guess. Thank you. Um, that's another Seinfeld reference. And it, it hit the ground, went pop! And was, oh, that's what that thing is. What do you call those things? Popper? What do you call them? Poppers. Con- confetti poppers? Something to that effect. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm passing out the t-shirts. And it, it's going through my mind. I'm going, you know what? I need to hold back a couple t-shirts. Because... You know, I got these T-shirts. I'll just hold a couple back uh, for you. I, I want to make sure that I took care of Nunchuck. I love it. So, and again, again, remember the T-shirts are all one size. So before people get butt hurt out there, okay. So you listeners, and you know who you are. If you're a small or a medium or a double X or a three X or three X, or... okay. Sorry, okay. You you're not getting you're not getting a shirt because they're all XLs that we pass out. So I'm going like. Hey, Numchuck's an XL, so that's that 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 that's cool. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna hold back a, a, a t-shirt, you know, for him. But here's the deal: like I told other people, I downsize. I think I talked about this before I left. 
before, when we did the show you before we left. didn't carry anything. I didn't carry anything. No headphones. Yeah, yeah I forgot. You know. Yeah, I didn't bring my headphones to work that day to do the show. I was empty. Got my sweet chauffeur, Marco D'Angelo, to, to, to drop me off at the staging for the, uh, you know, for the, for the buses, floats, whatever you want to call it. And anyway, uh, so I made sure I had two things. My phone and my charger, my portable charger. It's the only two things I was traveling with that day. And, and car keys and a wallet. That, that was it. So I had no room. So what am I going to do? You know, people go, oh, bring me back t-shirts and hats, that sort of thing. All right. There were no hats, by the way. Right? I, I know. Yeah, just t-shirts. I, I so, was watching. Yeah. So I said, I, I can't sit there and, you know, go the parade route and, and, and carry all these things. What am I going to do once I get dropped off at Toshiba Plaza? So I made sure that I had two t-shirts. One for Numchuck and one for, I guess, my private stash. Yeah. Because I'm an XL, too. Yeah. That was it. So as much as I'd love to give everybody T-shirts, I, I couldn't carry them, and they were just XLs. Thank you, sir. So here's where the story comes in. Oh, no. I can hardly wait to see your face. I explained the situation. I had to keep those T-shirts with me on my bean for a good four hours. You know, by the time, you know, got on the buses slash trucks, whatever, you know, and then carry them through the rest of the day throughout the performance and the parade and the celebration at T-Mobile, t buys right? To take pictures and to do everything, I had to keep my hands free. Do you know where your t-shirt was put during that entire four or five hour That's process? terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> what? The t-shirt what? was rolled up tight. What? Because you know how they roll up the t-shirts tight, right? What? Not folded. So they're rolled up tight. And I had to put them in an area which would be kind of self-disclosed. Let's just say this, as you could probably imagine. Now, I wanted to hide the t-shirts. So I had my t-shirt that they gave me a different type of t-shirt that I'm wearing because we had to wear a specific t-shirt for the parade, right? And so that's that's tucked out. Are you following me? It's tucked out. So I had to stuff the t-shirts down the front of my pants. Front! This should not gross you out. The front. Okay? Do you know how many looks that I got from some lovelies out there on the parade route? You know what they were thinking? I know exactly what they were thinking. I don't care. It's still... Nope. No, I had two t-shirts, Numchuck. I had two t-shirts. I'm so glad I so washed that shirt. I, I had, I, had to, I tried to balance it out. You know what I'm saying? And so it was invisible. Should we do, be doing like a Boogie night soundtrack or something like that? I, I don't know what we should be doing right now. I'm... Nope, nope, nope. I'm just... Uh, nope. So anyway... Uh, I, I, You know what I need? I need Kelsey plum yes. to walk in yeah yeah just just interrupt with her boom box nope i'm done you did wash the t-shirt though i washed it yes okay good you had no idea hence, hence why i didn't wear it today now did you not think about this because i did preface this well in advance for you and said I'm going in. I'm not going to be able to carry shirts. And then I brought you back a shirt. What I, were you thinking? I think figured, I, I stopped somewhere on the way home. I figured you stopped it. No, I figured like you had a certain somebody out there. Oh, hold a, it. A Gina or somebody like that. Hmm. Perfect throw. Boom. You know, it's funny you say that because I did that last year with somebody. Oh, it was. Uh, it was Jose. Yeah. It was Jose last year at the parade. I said, "Hey, can you hold a couple of these things for me?" And then I and, and I got yeah. them later. I got. Them. I didn't think about that. You didn't know. I didn't think about that. You were no. I was well. You were too busy I, trying to impress I, the ladies. <laughs> no impression needed, my friend. That's all I'm saying. No, your so your your T-shirt was fine. Uh, there was it was not soiled. Uh, I will say. That good thing you did wash it because uh, there were some people in front of the stage that decided to pop some champagne and and spray it all over us, which I really didn't appreciate. 
And there are other people like me that say, what, what are you doing? Knock you understand it off. it's a, it's a championship I celebration. Know, but these people had nothing to do with anything. All right. They, they grabbed a bottle. I think they were like in the, the friends and family section. Okay. And they, and they wanted to, you know, you know, like, come on, you're not a champion. You didn't play. I don't know who they're related to. If anybody, I don't think they're related to anybody. I don't know. But anyway, it, it was just, it was that. So I'm glad. Yeah. You're not going to wear that t-shirt, are you? Yeah. <laughs> All right, be honest with me now. Totally honest. Yeah. Okay, because we're very okay. transparent with each other. Yeah. Right. Does that change your thought process about wearing that T-shirt? Or because yesterday you were happy. I was you, happy. You, you were happy, and I, and I wanted to make you happy. I wanted to give you a championship shirt. I am going to it. wash that shirt. <laughs> 13, 14, 15, 16. It was rolled up, okay? It was rolled up, and it wasn't... It was in the outer part portion of my underwear. It wasn't inside, okay? It wasn't next to the Jones family, okay? It wasn't next to the Joneses, all right? Not at all. So you don't have to worry about that. It was just tucked inside the belt. I had to put it somewhere. You feel different now? Or are you no, still? I'm still. Nope. Nope. What? What does that mean? I'll, I'm gonna wear it, but oh. <laughs> it's gonna be. Is there an asterisk? It, it, there's when, an asterisk. When, when, I, when you there's go a, to the club, do, do you hang up your t-shirts, or, yeah. or, or, or are you a drawer guy with t-shirts? Hang them up. You hang them up. So when you go to the closet, on that you... hanger, there will be an asterisk, <laughs> just like there is on my Houston Astros jersey. Uh. Down, that's that's. I had to do it for more, for, for for Fernando. What for 2017? Yeah. We weren't Astro fans back then. Okay, I know we weren't. Okay, so that doesn't apply. So there's well, no asterisks. You didn't need to go doing... there. That's that's low blow material. I deduct one point. One point. One point. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with me, man. Again, Astros 2020 beyond. All right, no no shenanigans with that. Those teams anyway. There you go. Enjoy your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I will in about a week. <laughs> about after a week. I just wash it and wash it. And wash. Be honest, okay? Would would you rather me not have told you that? No, I would have rather you had like someone else hold on to that. Well, me too. It's a good idea, but no. I, I didn't. I didn't like see anybody that I knew during that that was out there. Now later found out that I'm, you know people, I'm talking certain people certain shot videos and. and- you know, players aren't holding T-shirts. On, no one's doing any of that stuff. It's it's celebration mode. It's like you know, we're not we're not Amazon during the parade. You know. Okay. Now we we can get some other shirts later. But thought you wanted a championship shirt that and that was I thought I was getting creative. You were creative. And again, I wasn't putting it anywhere that would be disgusting at all. You know, it was fully protected. That's all I want to say. <laughs> This is an emergency. You need a bathing suit? Well, I like yours. I don't know. My bathing suit? That, that's a little familiar. I, I don't want your, your boys down there. Now, what's the matter with my boys? Your boys should stay in their neighborhood. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. All right, we're back to like a pretty regular schedule now that the WNBC is over and the traveling is done now for this season. Back at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the Superbook this Friday. Earth, Wind & Fire, coming soon. Not to the West Coast, but coming here. Back for the residency. Look forward to that. But come see the show live each and every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. And our guests coming up this Friday. The quarterback is back. Jay Schrader. He'll join us. He's back. Marco D'Angelo. Jay Cornegay. Best bets and a whole lot more coming your way each and every Friday at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous 
Superbook. Love my music. All right. Another guy that loves his music. Our guy, Trevor Maddich. The pride of ESPN, the pride of BYU, the pride of, I think, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, or some suburb outside of there. Who knows? And the pride of so many Emmy Awards we cannot no longer count. What is going on, my friend? Yes, I am the pride of some unnamed suburb somewhere (laughs) near Nashville, Tennessee, and that is good enough for me. That's good enough for you. Why do I picture woods? You got lots of greenery and shrubbery and trees and mosquitoes. Am I accurate with that? Yeah, you, you are. Although not that many mosquitoes. I sit outside in the evening in my spare time with a pair of chopsticks like Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid, <laughs> and I snatch the mosquitoes out of the air. So that, that's good for the whole neighborhood. But yeah, no, we live kind of near a forest, and so we've got deer and wild turkeys and all kinds of bobcats and all kinds of fun little critters running around. We have possums, too. That's not very nice because they're kind of ugly. Oh, my goodness. Well, what is it you want? We want a shrubbery. <laughs> anywhere in the- uh, A little Monty Python for the soul. You like that, Trev? Uh, I love it. Listen, this generation, to the degree that it does not know Monty Python's comedy, is poorer for it. Hey, now when you were a, a youngster or a kid, were you like me and were you watching, you know, Channel 6 back in the day in Sacramento and staying up late and watching Monty Python? Yeah, that and Benny Hill. Yes. You know, and two different kinds of comedy. You know, I mean, Monty Python actually is really smart comedy in addition to being silly and goofy and other stuff. It also has threads of high intelligence, whereas Benny Hill was just nothing but three stooges combined with a goofy song. <laughs> like this one. There you go. There's a Benny Hill theme song. Oh. But, you know, that, that was back when if you wanted to change the channel, you had to actually... Get up off the couch, walk across the TV, and put the, put it manually where you want it to be. Then walk across to the chair and sit back down again. It's true. Right? That's and true. if you wanted to change it again, you had to get back up. That's how baseball got so big, because you couldn't really change the channel, and there was nothing else to watch anyway. <laughs> That's true. Then all of a sudden, you had a remote. You could change it real fast, and you had MMA and fast sports going on, and um, that hurt baseball. Uh, Trev, I thought about you this morning. I think about you, you know, a lot anyway. So, but, uh, I'm, wait, was this before, before the shower? This is after the shower. Okay. This is, I was on my way. I was on my way to, to appointment number one today. All right. On the way to the massage. There you go. And I'm flipping the channels, right? And, you know, I'm a big serious XM guy. All right. I, lo- I love my groove, XM 50. And, uh, once in a while, I'll go to the seventies or I'll go to the eighties channel. I like that. And, um, but today I just said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go New York city on, on everybody on myself. And I went to studio 54. I like, I like studio 54 on Sirius XM as well too. And I hit the 54 button, Trevor, and guess what song I get? Yes. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. The Trevor Maddich theme song, which he introduced in the last T.C. Martin Show Song Fest back in August. You want you want to recant that, Trevor? Aha! I tell you what, you can, you can say what you want about that, but you cannot listen to this song and not bob your head and then smile and then stand up and start to move. You just can't do it. I hear you. I hear you. And that's what I did while I was driving. I might have gone through a a red light, you know, because I was bobbing my head like this. And again, I, I this is one of those songs that I didn't play a lot or listen to a lot back in the day. But I was familiar with it. And then when you brought it up on our last song fest, it was that was a shocker. It was a shocker. And then you told the story behind it. And I believe that uh, your lovely wife, uh, you know, Dana was involved in that selection, right? Yeah, my wife. My wife loves Abba. I love my wife. And we we heard this song together at Red Rocks amphitheater outdoor amphitheater in denver near denver and it was a snowstorm it was a blizzard and there were only about 500 of us left if that maybe 200 and the band looked up there and said you know if you guys are going to stay we're going to stay and play for you and this is one of the songs they played and everybody was warm when they played this song i'll tell you that and you were bobbing your head and you were dancing you're saying forget the weather i played at byu come on i'm used to the cold once i got my 
Once I got my face into the position of a smile, it froze that way. So yeah, I was smiling. You bet. There you go. Uh, did did you did you have one of those uh, those masks on, Trevor? That look like a burglar to keep like your your cheeks warm, your face warm. No, no. But I will tell you this though: that uh, every football player knows that when it gets that cold, your your it, it becomes hard to speak because your face freezes a little bit. I mean, not totally frostbite, but. You start to slur your words like somebody attacked you and gave you Botox from the top of your forehead to the bottom of your chin. And it's kind of hard to talk. So it, it can get pretty cold. And when you're singing that way, it's good to have it have a song because, you know, they, there's not a lot of lyrics to worry about anyhow. Uh, recre- I mean, they have lyrics, but they're not particularly hard to, yeah. to recite. Recre- recreate that for me, okay? So you're coming to the line of scrimmage, and it's eight below zero, and you're trying to figure out who the Mike linebacker is, or you're, or you're calling out uh, the signals there. Let's go. Recreate that for me. Eight below zero. Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike. And, and then the word it gets about six inches out of your mouth, and the sound freezes and falls to the ground and breaks into a million shattered pieces. Uh, so, although I'll tell you, the coldest I ever played with was wind chill, like minus 30. Ooh. The temperature was a minus 30, but the wind chill was like minus 30. Green Bay, so Minnesota, was, uh, Cincinnati? Cool. What do we got? No, that was that was New England. I was playing for the Colts. Yeah. And we were at New England. Mm-hmm. And they had grass at the time in, in you know, Sullivan Stadium in Foxborough. And they um, the day before, it was above freezing. And there were high school playoff games played at that stadium. They tore up the turf. And then it froze. And it froze so hard there was nothing they could do to smooth it out. And so we played on, you know, this this uneven surface that was frozen solid. It was kinda kinda half amazing. And it was uh it was kind of fun. My thought there is that, yeah, is that measurable? Yeah, but here's the thing. Everything's relative in football. It's miserable for you, but it's just as miserable for for the other guy. And so you break his will. You get him to the point where he is he is so miserable and so tired of you hitting him in the mouth that he just wants the game to end. And once you get to that point, in that frigid, freezing weather or sweltering weather or, or, or rainy, muddy, nasty weather where there's, there's mud and grass and sand getting down the back of your neck and all that stuff, that's great because it makes it easier to break the other guy's will. You know? Football's a game of will. And so that's what I think about when I think of games like that. You know, I think of it's... Uh, yeah, it's miserable to play, but it's just as miserable for him, and I'm going to break his will. Uh, it was just so much fun. So, Trev, is it safe to say that if New England had grass in 1982, that we would not have the snowplow game? Because I believe that they had turf at the time, right? That that was uh, Sullivan Stadium, right? That- yeah, at that time they did, yeah. And it was, it was grass when we got there for some reason. They had switched it, but uh, if it had been grass, it still would have been the snowplow game because the snow's going to build up on top of whatever surface it's going to it's going to be on. But Tony Franklin, who kicked that ball, yeah, is a barefoot kicker, right? Right. I mean, think about that. His right foot was bare, man, and and I can't imagine what that must have felt like to have a frozen, literally frozen foot kick a frozen football off a frozen surface. I mean, because footballs. For those of you who haven't had the experience, when a football is frozen, because the weather's just that frozen, it's hard. It's like a rock. And when you kick a football, man, that's I was surprised his whole foot didn't shatter. Good for Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm thinking, okay, if you're playing on the AstroTurf, that, okay, the snowplow can, can move more freely instead of that torn-up grass like you're talking about. Yeah, well, at, at the time that we played, it, if there had been snow on top, They've been able to. They would have had to have lifted the blade to the highest level of the frozen turf, or they which would have run into a rock, and they wouldn't have been able to run that snowplow. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they would have had to have done. But we didn't have a problem with snow; it was just cold. And uh, and so, yeah. Although, you know, you don't get that many opportunities. And people have asked me that. I mean, what's it like to play in snow like that? And I played in snow like that. And and the answer is, you know what? It's fun. You know, if you have the right if you have the right a- attitude about it. How often in your life are you going to get to play in a game that every every few minutes they have to literally plow off the 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 lines going across the field so that you knew where the first down was, right? And so not very often. 
So, hey, man, enjoy it. But that's where when you're winning, it's fun. When you're losing, it's just miserable. So, you know, there's high risk, high reward there. Yeah, that, that's funny because I believe it's it's on. Okay, so Foxborough Stadium was originally Schaefer Stadium, then later went into Sullivan Stadium, and that's that's the same location, pretty much that, that it's always been. Right now, Gillette Stadium. Well, same location, but they built Gillette Stadium kind of down the parking lot a little way. Right, so right. It's right. not on the exact same site, but yeah, it's the same area. There you go. All right, there. There's a flashback for you right there. All right, brother. Let's talk a little college football. Let's see. Uh, this is... Remember we were talking on Friday about the the low totals, and we were talking about the Minnesota-Iowa game at 30 and a half. Well, it went under, my friend, 12 to 10, but what we need to talk about here is this. Less than two minutes remaining in this offensive juggernaut between these two teams. Um, Minnesota punts to Iowa, right? The punt hits the ground. The returner is pointing and communicating his teammates to get out of the way. Don't touch the ball. He feels it, takes it back for an apparent game-winning touchdown. Officials don't throw a flag. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't believe they threw a flag. But then they came back, and we went to review, and they said, oh, wait a minute, it was a fair catch. And there was nothing that that looked like a fair catch at all. And then we have P.J. Fleck, who was out there rowing the boat, says this. There's nothing controversial about it. Nothing controversial. Offsides is offsides. False start's a false start. A hold is a hold. Invalid fair catch signal is an invalid fair catch signal. Now, the way the rule states, invalid fair catch, everybody thinks it it has to be above the shoulder. It has to look like a fair catch. Well, that's not part of the rule. The only thing that should have happened, and I'm not a referee, nor am I blaming anyone, it should have been just blown dead right there. Not even let the play happen because it didn't exist. He goes, no controversy about it, period. Trevor Maddich, what say you? Well, now, wait a minute. The rule doesn't state that you have to have a fair catch signal above the shoulder? Uh, this is what I'm perplexed well, maybe about. Maybe can look that up for us. The, uh, because the thing is, as I looked at that, I watched it, and, and believe me, I was on you know I was on special teams for pretty much my entire career in the NFL, in addition to other things that I did. And as I looked at that happen, I, I thought there's no way in the world. It never dawned on me. Oops, that might be a fair catch. Right. Because it didn't look like he had his, his left hand, left arm above his shoulder. Now, you can raise it just a little bit above it. And even if you raise your hand up to block the sun for a second, then put it back down, still counts as a fair catch signal. That's not what happened here. Right? He pointed straight ahead with his right and didn't let his right hand rise above the level of his shoulder. And then to kind of keep his balance as that was going on, he had his left hand out. and It was kind of making little circles kind of parallel to the ground. And I didn't see anything that looked like it would be a stimulated fair catch signal from the perspective of the opponents coming down the field or from what I understand of the rule. And so I thought it was the right move for the officials to let it play out and then go to replay uh, because, boy, if you're wrong and you blow the whistle there, then replay can't overturn it. The whistle blew. So, you know, that's one of the reasons you see officials let plays continue if they're not sure, like whether it's a, a forward pass or a fumble of the quarterback in the pocket or something like that. They, they just let it play out, and then they go let replay clean it up without blowing a whistle to stop it artificially. And so, so there's that, right? Well, he takes that and he runs it in for a touchdown. That would have been the game winner for Iowa. They apparently called, you know, they, they communicated with like the mothership in Pittsburgh or somewhere, wherever they had the, the main official thing. And so the, the replay officials looked at it on site. The mothership officials looked at it and everybody decided that it was a correct call, that it was a fair catch signal. And so the officials say that it's correct. I thought that it was wrong to overturn that touchdown. And the reason is it's got to be, if it's going to be something to overturn such a monumental play, and keep in mind the officials didn't blow the whistle on the um, on the field, right. and I didn't see any of the coverage guys act like they thought it was a fair catch and slow down. I didn't see that happen. So everybody's playing as hard as they can play. So it's got to be really super clear. It's like a pass, uh, pass interference call, right? Totally a judgment call. And as a defender or an offensive guy, but if it's defensive pass interference, you can actually have your hands on the guy. You can kind of bother him and stuff like that a little bit. The standard there is that it's got to actually interfere with his opportunity to catch. So if you just because you have your hand on him before the ball gets there doesn't make it pass interference. You have to actually do something that affects 
that guy's ability to catch the ball. And so in this case, it didn't affect anybody's ability to cover that punt. And so I thought if it's, if it's even close, they should not have reversed that touchdown punt return. And I didn't think it was close at all. So I, I'm very unhappy with the way it came out. A fair catch. And if, and if you had Iowa, you're unhappy too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a, a valid fair catch signal is a signal by a player extending one hand only, clearly above their head and waving that hand from side to side of their body more than once. Okay, clearly above their head. Yes. So I think your head is higher than your shoulder unless you unless you, you take your head and slide it down onto the side of your shoulder, right. in which case it's no way his hand came up above his head. Right. Exactly. Well done, by the way, to get that rule. Well done. There there you go. Yeah. That was that was crazy the way uh that that whole thing unfolded. But Trevor, what about okay? The twelve ten score. What about the score in Mississippi and Arkansas, seven to three? What about the score involving uh, Nevada last week, six nothing? We've never seen college football scores this low that were not impeded by you know. Here we go back to you know horrible weather. I mean, we're middle towards the end of October here. Why are we seeing such low scores here? Well, because college football players can't be trusted to perform up to the level of their capability on a consistent basis. You know, it's like, you know, one of my picks last week was North Carolina minus 23 and a half against Virginia. Right. Virginia was last in the ACC in points scored, last in the ACC in points allowed on defense, last in the ACC in rushing, just couldn't do anything. So, so I figured that, you know, 31 points or so would probably be enough given that North Carolina's defense has been playing so well to cover that. So I picked North Carolina. So what happens? North Carolina loses outright. Uh, the, you know, Virginia scored what was it, like 31, something like that on their own, totally out of character, nothing to indicate that that might happen. Uh, and anybody that, that picked that Virginia would cover, that, that's fair because 23 and a half is a lot of points. But anybody that picked that Virginia would actually win outright, well, I'm going to Vegas with you because that's, that's pretty clairvoyant. And based on all the things that you would see based, you know, relative to matchups and things that you expect to happen if players play anywhere near their ability and capabilities, that doesn't happen. Same way with some of these unders. Right where you've got good offenses that all of a sudden do nothing. Washington played Arizona State at home. I think they scored 15 points, won the game on the strength of a pick six by the defense. Arizona State shut down Washington's offense cold. At Washington, there's nothing in the matchups that you look at when you watch tape that will give you that kind of an indication. So it's just it's just super goofy. Now, you, you win some that are super goofy as well. But, man, it's just things like that are real head-scratchers. Penn State, Iowa State. All right, the Nittany Lions lose 20-12. to Penn State was 0 for 15 on on third-down conversions. They end up the game 1 of 16 because they got a a first down on the meaningless drive in the final minute of the game. But how do you go 0 for 15 on third down? And you're supposed to be a top-5 or a top-7 team in the country? Blows me away. Yeah. And the quarterback looked totally clueless. Clueless. Yeah. I, I think the quarterback for Penn State, Drew Aller, has been getting a lot of love as the next great thing. Uh, <laughs> but as you look, as you watched him on Led tape Zeppelin, coming into way. this game against Ohio State, he, he didn't throw the ball down the field. And when he tried, it wasn't successful. So I don't know if that's just because they didn't ask him to very much or if they didn't ask him to because he wasn't very good at it. Um, either way, they needed it against Ohio State, and he wasn't able to deliver. Everything looked kind of a, a half a step slow for the Penn State offense against Ohio State and their defense. But the Buckeyes' defense is a different animal this year. It's truly playoff-ready this year, national championship. Whereas last year, the Buckeyes were giving up way too many big plays um, on defense. And, you know, this year they, they fixed that, and it's been intentional that they fixed it. But But that's the thing. I mean, how do you know how good a team really is? Penn State – had been dominant playing essentially nobody. And then all of a sudden they play one of the best teams in the country and they couldn't bust a grape on offense. And so that, you know, it should, I expected more out of Penn State's offense. I really did. 
Trevor Mass joins us, ESPN College Football, and of course Trevor joins us every week and part of our Best Bets crew on Fridays as well, too. Uh, what else stood out for you, my friend, over the college football weekend? And then let's, let's uh, take a look ahead to what we're looking at here on Saturday. Well, what stood out was how uh, so many top 10 teams um, either lost or almost lost. I mean, it was, it was really extraordinary to watch how teams struggle. Texas, um, Texas almost lost to Houston, for goodness sake. Oklahoma almost lost to UCF. They barely pulled it out in the end by stopping a two-point conversion. Um, Washington beats Arizona State on the strength of a pick six. North Carolina did lose outright as, you know, 23 and a half point favorites. And so it was, if it was just one or two of those teams, you'd think, okay, well, gee, we just, it was not a good day for them. I don't know what happened, but you got four of the top 10 coming into the week. Three of them almost lost the teams they should have handled easily. And the fourth did lose. And so that to me is what stood out was, was just how completely unpredictable the top 10 ended up being last week. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Let's uh, take a look at some of the NFL stuff here. Um, I don't know if you, how much of the the game you watch with the Vikings and the 49ers, but the Niners have lost two in a row. Brock Purdy got uh, a helmet to helmet and uh, may be out with a concussion. You know, right now, which could uh, you know maybe bring in Sam Darnold for them uh, for the Niners. Um, to have him quarterback this coming week. Uh, thoughts on the Niners losing two in a row? Is it uh, time to press the panic button? Kind of. You know, I, they've had some injuries with some, some key people banged up. I mean, Christian McCaffrey has been banged up. Uh, Debo Samuel's been banged up. Um, you know, he didn't, Debo Samuel, I, I guess he didn't play, he didn't record a stat. Christian McCaffrey only averaged three yards a carry against the Vikings, and the Vikings defense shouldn't be able to stop him like that. You know, Brock Purdy um, is has shown to be a very effective game manager and, and ball distributor when everybody's available, right? George Kittle, you throw him in at receiver. He was their leading receiver against the Vikings, as he should have been. But, I mean, you, you when, when, when Samuel's there, when McCaffrey has got everything going on, there's just too many high-level uh, skill people to distribute the ball to for most NFL defenses to be able to, to cover them all. And Purdy has been very good at finding the mismatches and distributing the ball. When you start to limit the numbers of high-level skill guys or limit their ability to perform at a high level, then all of a sudden it's on Purdy to elevate the team. And I don't know that, that it's fair to ask that of him right now. I think there's a an assumption that he's he's the next great thing. When I think what he was was a you know a, a very good, very smart game manager who knew how to protect the ball, and so we'll see how he is as uh, as he goes forward this season because you know he's going to have to probably deal with uh, with some of those limitations going forward. All right, and then the Raiders, obviously, a lot of uh, Raider fans uh, unhappy the way this season has progressed and. Can't say we're really surprised of, of the way this thing has unfolded here. They've had quarterback issues. They can't run the football. Uh, they fall to the Chicago Bears, and now they got to play a Detroit Lions team who's coming off of a very humiliating performance last week as they get drilled by Baltimore. Probably not a great spot for the Raiders coming up playing on Monday night football in Detroit. No, we'll golf a quarterback with that array of, of skilled people that he has, and it's good and one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, you know that they're not going to stay down, you know, for two weeks in a row. Just what happened to the Raiders last week, I think humiliation is the right way to put it. I get it that they had quarterback issues, right? So Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell, they both played. And, um, you know, and actually O'Connell actually was, wasn't half terrible, but, you know, that was because he, you know, he didn't throw the ball down the field. But neither did Hoyer. You know, so they, they, they were limited there. But they gave up 30 points overall as a team to a Bears quarterback named Tyson Badgett, who was an FCS player. I think he was an undrafted free agent, I believe. We have to take a look at that. Right. He was. But when you look at his, he was okay. You look yeah. at his performance, you know, one of the numbers we look at from an analytics standpoint is Q, uh, QBR, quarterback rating. This is not just passer rating. This this evaluates a quarterback based on not just the amount of yards that you get, but when you get them. For example, you know if it's if it's third and twelve, 
and you complete a pass for 11 yards and punt, your passer rating will be great because you just completed an 11-yard pass. But your QBR goes down because you didn't get enough for the first down. It also carries in, you know, turnovers and when they happen, running, and, and when it happens on what down and distance and things like that. So QBR is a more comprehensive evaluator of quarterback performance. 100 is perfect. 50 is average. Badgent was 97.2. Undrafted free agent from the FCS on a Chicago team that's not known for passing success anyhow recently, and his QBR was 97.2 against the Raiders' defense. So, you know, we can talk about the the issues with the the Raiders' offense and injuries and everything else, and those things are real. But, man, the defense just had the floor wiped with them by a team that shouldn't have been able to move the ball. So a little fun fact for you, Trev, if you're not aware of this. Uh, Tyson Badgett, uh, a, cr- a CrossFitter, all right, uh, his father, a 28-time arm wrestling world champion. Now, don't tell me that arm strength does not, you know, come on down hereditary-wise, and he does not have a, 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 he doesn't have a strong arm there. I mean, the guy could probably throw the ball 60, 70 yards downfield when your dad is a 28-time arm wrestling champion. Yeah, well, yeah, he can do that. You would think. Think of it is though, he didn't complete a pass over 16 yards. I know. He just completed a lot of them, a lot of them. And so some of those might have been really hard. Maybe, maybe you know, the receivers had to go and douse their hands in in ice water when uh, they went out of the sideline after catching these balls. But yeah, that that's a good little anecdote. I like that. There you go. All right, my man. We will let you go. We appreciate the time as always, and we look forward to talking with you on Friday, man. Dig deep, man. Of those best bets. Dig deep. Will do. Thanks, DC. Take care, brother. There he is Mr. Abba, Mr. Earth, Wind, and Fire. See, he, he's eclectic. See, it's like me. Can all kinds of music genres. You gotta love that from Trevor Maddich. We come back. We're gonna talk to our good friend Bob Nightingale, who is in Arlington, Texas, as we speak, getting ready for the World Series. And we've got to talk about our good friend, Dusty Baker. And the words of Dusty. As I've heard him say many times, I'm gone.